Radically resilient health is not the absence of injury, disease, infection, or stress. Rather, it's the ability to recover from injury, disease, or stress. This is Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, founder of VitaKinetics. I'm your host, Connie Ray. We want to continue to share this vital and important information about how easy it is to change your health through simple lifestyle changes. So please subscribe to our podcast. Follow VitaKinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. This is Radically Resilient Health. In this next episode of Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, we're going to tackle sleep and how it affects the gut-brain connection. Dr. Dolan, the last two podcasts, we've been really diving deep into the gut-brain connection. You've already talked to us about the importance of sleep and tips to improve our sleep, but now we're diving into that connection. If we're not connected and not eating the proper foods, this is going to impair our sleep. Absolutely. Um, like we mentioned on the last podcast briefly, as one of the things that one of the most interesting nutrient consumptions or food consumptions um, that I found that disrupts the sleep was uh, alcohol. And it seems to dramatically affect your sleep and part how it affects your gene expression of your, the gene, the circadian genes. And so it's really interesting because you get really tired oftentimes by consuming alcohol and you kind of pass out potentially. I mean, hopefully you're not drinking so much you're passing out, but it makes you really tired, but it doesn't allow you to get into that deep restorative sleep. And so that's uh, a problem for that inflammatory state. The, the other thing that was really interesting when I looking into the sleep disturbances and how it affects that gut brain connection is that particularly when your sleep disturbed or your sleep is disrupted, you have increased pain state, which is a, which is a indication of that inflammatory brain response or disruption of the brain. So things like the sleep disturbances um, in the hospital following surgery have more opioid use or um, increased pain states. Whereas when the sleep is improved, all of that, the opioid use, the pain states following surgery um, come down. And on the same token, you know, like we mentioned before, avoiding things like alcohol and sometimes um, caffeine for certain people can, can be a disruptor to the sleep cycle is eating a whole nutrient dense diet that's both good for the gut and nutrient absorption also appears to improve your sleep. We, we talked a lot about that intestinal permeability in the last couple of episodes. And while I couldn't very specifically find a direct research study that said good sleep promotes intestinal integrity, it does appear that good deep sleep synchronizes all of your organ, or, organs throughout your whole body. It's very restorative. So sleep in and of itself, getting good sleep, promotes the health of that gut-brain connection because it coordinates everything. And that's the, that's the time that your body really does heal. Sleep is really not passive like we talked about before. It's not a passive moment in time. You're not wasting your time. I remember my mom used to, there's, we've joked with her about 
um, she just had a birthday and I got her this card and it was this late, this little old lady drinks drinking like gallons of coffee and it <laughs> said something like I'll I'll sleep when I'm dead um but sleep really is an active recovery both for your brain and for your entire body so it's really important and that how we what we eat or what we consume can affect the the sleep cycles I've noticed that uh if I have wine a glass of wine later in the evening, as opposed to maybe coming home from work at five o'clock and having a glass of wine. If I have wine at eight o'clock or later, I have difficulty sleeping immediately. I, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. I don't sleep as soundly or as deeply. The wine affects me later in the evening because I, if I just have one glass of wine at five o'clock, usually I'm still doing other things between five and eight. But if I were to sit down, have a glass of wine before bed, I can guarantee you that I'm not going to sleep well. And that you would not be, it would not be unusual. Only that, the only thing unusual about that statement is much like we've talked about people paying attention to the, the body's response. Is that now you're, you've kind of cleaned everything out and so now you notice. Because when you've actually gotten good sleep, then you notice when you don't get good sleep mm-hmm. and the things that um, disrupt disrupt that. But alcohol has been shown. And we, um, I started using what's called an aura ring. And it's, it's just a biohacking thing. It's like the Apple Watch where it monitors your sleep and your heart rate and your body temperature. And you can put, there's, there's a couple of different devices for that. Um, and, and I noticed like I can have certain alcohols, but not other alcohols. So wine is actually a problem for me too. And I can see how it affects my sleep. Um, when I look at the data that the aura ring collects and, and it's not unusual to, to hear that, but it really is interesting. You wouldn't think that alcohol would have such an impact. Um, and, and it doesn't even require much, right? It's not like you just drank a whole bottle of wine. You just right. had a glass of wine. Right. You just had a glass of wine. So uh, it is really interesting when you look back at, at that and you notice that it doesn't sometimes take very much. We also talked in one of our earlier podcasts about just that connection of and the importance of sleep and what happens when you take that sleep away, the bad decisions that you make. And I just had this happen to me this week where I didn't sleep very good. I worked late on a project, but yet I still got up at my usual 5 a.m. and had my coffee. I was just, I even had two cups of coffee that day because I was so tired. And I go to work and someone, you know, here we are in the midst of the holiday season, someone drops off cookies. And on my way out the door, I grab a cookie. It was the worst decision I could have possibly made. I was already coming down. I was already tired. I only got about six hours of sleep. So I already felt, and here I was thinking, oh, I'll eat this cookie. It's got sugar in it. It did not make me feel better at all. And that's one of the things we've talked about too, where when you do get poor sleep, you tend to not have the self-control to make good decisions. And so on, on days like that, it's really important. To, that's when you have the best breakfast you can have or you have. And, and it also seems the disruption of the sleep affects your blood sugar regulation. That's the other thing that has been demonstrated. And so it's a catch-22. And, and circling back to um, where we were talking about the connection of the gut brain and kind of looking at everything as a whole, 
the nutrition in this in this place has an effect on sleep and vice versa how your sleep has an effect on your nutrition decisions Mm -hmm. you know it's this sort of feedback loop and it's really really pretty interesting but it's also one of those things where you can look at your day you had you made the decision for the cookie and you go all right I'm gonna get back on my my path of healthy eating I'm gonna get to bed early tonight I'm gonna skip the wine tonight and now you know what to do to try to promote the best sleep you can. But I do want to come back to one of the things we mentioned earlier in, in our podcast, and it's really important um, related to this gut-brain connection, that if you find that you are really struggling and that you're making all these lifestyle changes and it is not improving your sleep, then I always recommend we follow up with a sleep specialist to see if there's something else that's disrupting your sleep. Because the sleep is so valuable for your everyday recovery, even if you're not injured, right? Like even if you're not in a um, injury or surgical situation, it is so critical to your mental health, your physical health, your, your gut health. Everything plays, plays on the, the having the best sleep you can have as, as consistently as possible. And so if you really are struggling, that's when you time to go get studies done or blood work or a sleep study to figure out if there's something else that's contributing to. What do you say to to clients that say, and I've heard this before, I'm going to catch up on my sleep later. You can't catch up on sleep. Um, You really, it's called, I think it's called sleep debt and you really don't recover the sleep debt. Now I, again, we, we, I, my, my mother is a perfect example of somebody who has continued to somehow thrive beyond her nine lives um, <laughs> with having many, many years of uh, sleep loss and sleep deprivation. And somehow she's continued to manage. So I, I don't want it to use it as a scare tactic, mm-hmm. you know, and people who work night shifts or who who have long hours or have a day, you know, even new moms who aren't getting good sleep. Like there's somehow a way that our body can adapt around it. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but you do as much as you can uh, around that to improve it. And I do recommend sometimes you need specific supplements to promote good sleep. Um, Vitakinetics um, peripherally by encouraging the healthy gut might be helpful, but it's not specifically designed to promote um, the sleep cycle. There's there's other supplements out there for that. But people who have to work night shifts and stuff, you know, you just have to play the game where then you try to optimize and kind of shift your cycle during those times when you're having your night shift and making sure you have blackout curtains, those sorts of things to kind of trick your body into its different cycle for a period to optimize what you can. You know, it's interesting. Um, I grew, I grew up, my father uh, worked for the government and I lived in the Philippines and I uh, lived in the Philippines for seven years, went all through junior high and high school. When you live on the equator, the sun sets and the sun rises literally at the same time every single day. 
When I moved back to Seattle, Washington, after I graduated high school, I graduated high school in the Philippines and went back to Seattle. Seattle is uh, very close to Alaska. In the in the winter months, it's dark at four o'clock. Uh, you know, the sun doesn't come out till later in the mornings. And I really struggled that first year of getting back to living in Seattle. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, I kept in touch with many of my friends from high school. And uh, her father was a doctor, and her father told her because she was kind of struggling with the same thing. And he said, that's because we've lived in a place where the sun set and the sun rose at the exact same time. Your body was set to that rhythm. And now my body was experiencing a lack of sunlight. My body was experiencing darker hours. You know, I was also experiencing a weather, a weather change. It was significantly different weather from living in a tropical country to then moving to Seattle, Washington, it's rainy and gloomy, um, and, and colder. So your body, your body does tend to naturally start to develop. It's uh, dependent where you are. You know, you look at people in Alaska, uh, that, that have daylight all day long in the, in the, in the summer months. And then it's dark every single day, 24 seven in the winter months. Um, and you bring up an interesting point too, that the variability of locations of where you live can have a significant effect on your circadian rhythm because you have sort of your genes within your body that are set one way, but that your environment has the effect of trying to adjust that or be in conflict with that. And so the other thing to keep in mind is too, is paying attention to that. And some people are night owls and some people are early birds, you know, and it's just trying to pay attention. And that's why it's really hard Uh, for even young kids and stuff um, and some adults, because we really are set genetically to be slightly different. And so there's, we sort of have our own ideal cycle, circadian rhythm and trying to match that with your life and your environment is sometimes difficult. And so you sometimes need to do, you know, if you were in Alaska, I remember going to Alaska in high school and I'd never experienced sunshine and daylight for an entire day before and that's when I first was like, oh, well, that's why everyone has blackout curtains. Because otherwise your body would never go to sleep. No. Um, it, and you'd be up all the time. It's really amazing. It, it really does have an effect. Like, So when we lived in the Philippines, we would fly home in the summers and we would land in Elmendorf, Alaska. And I remember landing at 2.30 in the morning. I remember landing at 2.30 in the morning and it was broad daylight. It, it, it looked like afternoon time. And, uh, I was talking to the gentleman that was, uh, he was driving us to the terminal at the air base. And I said, this is so crazy that it's two 30 in the morning and it's broad daylight. And he said, that was the biggest challenge when I got stationed here was I moved here in the summer and it was light all the time. And you, you don't know, it's almost like your body wants to be up all the time. And they would actually have conversations about, um, having conversations with those that were coming up there, the military personnel about that. You need dark shades. You still need to be getting the required sleep. This was part of a conversation the military was having with the personnel that were now getting stationed in Alaska. And you have to think about too, while we don't necessarily live, all live in Alaska, right? Or have that experience. We do have unnatural light that goes through the dark hours. And it's so why I recommend, particularly if you're living in the city, um, that you have a means of shutting out the artificial light because it does, it, it, you have a cellular response to right. being awake. 
And it's also why oftentimes, it's particularly in the winter, where I strongly encourage people to get out and get sunlight on their eyes um, at some point during the day, because the natural sunlight stimulates a normalized circadian rhythm, which can also improve your sleep um, and promote sleep under at normal times. And that's also why we talked about, you know, minimizing screen time late at night, um, because anything that's stimulating wakefulness can have effect on your sleep cycle, particularly when you're trying to get close to that sleep. Um, and so, but again, some of these things are simple, um, but only when you start to pay attention, right? You know, yes. blackout curtains, you can get them at Target or you can <clears throat> get more fancy stuff. You can minimize the artificial light you have within your home. Mm-hmm. By turning certain things off or not having your phone, not looking at your phone just before going to bed. There's a lot of simple strategies you can do to improve your sleep. And again, coming back to that gut brain connection, anything that you can do to promote a healthy sleep cycle and getting restful sleep promotes overall health and wellness, including gut health and brain health. Learn more about Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan at vitakinetics.com. Use the discount code RESILIENT2021 to receive a one-time 10% off discount on Vitakinetics. Follow Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. Content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as medical, physical therapy, or healthcare advice. Listening to this podcast does not create a healthcare provider patient relationship. Please contact your medical healthcare provider if you suspect you have a medical problem. This podcast is funded by Vitakinetics.